I'm Maggie Johnston and I'm a rising sophomore at Carmel High. And I'm Jackson, I'm a rising junior at Carmel High. We, would, we want to welcome you to our first ever Carmel Press Student Ministry Service Online. That's right. We wish you could be worshiping with us at the church this morning, but we are trusting that Jesus will meet you wherever you are. Let me tell you what you can expect from this service. You will be led in songs of praise and worship just like the ones that opened up our service. You will hear God's word, we will pray together, and you will see highlights from this past year. Also, you will hear testimonies about God's faithfulness. We hope that this will bless you and that Jesus will be glorified. Let's begin by praying that God will make himself known to us no matter where we are this morning. Jesus, thank you for always being with us each and every day. We pray now that you would be with us no matter where we are watching this morning. Amen. Amen. We've said it before and we'll continue to say it. Our campus might be closed, but our church is still very much open and thriving. We are excited to announce for our first ever Great Commission Week. From August 3rd through 8th, we will have the opportunity to engage with many of our missionaries online in various forms. Then, on Sunday, August 9th, we will have Great Commission Sunday. This is a great opportunity for us to focus on the many missionaries that our church family supports around the world. You will definitely want to stick around and see what God is up to all around the globe and hear directly from some of our missionaries. Speaking of sticking around, we want to invite you to Stick Six. This is something that is announced at every high school youth group. The idea is that if you're new to the church or don't come consistently, that you will stick around for six weeks and learn all about what Carmel Press has to offer. Several months ago, an eighth grade boy named Harper came to his very first middle school youth group. Since then, he has not missed a single gathering, even as he transitioned into the high school youth group. Here's Harper sharing a little bit about why he decided to stick six. Good morning. Uh, my name's Harper Homan, and this year I'll be going to my freshman year at Carmel High School. I joined the high school youth group a couple of weeks ago, and before that, I was in the middle school youth group. So far, youth group has been a great experience, and I've really enjoyed it. It's a great part of my week, and more importantly, it refreshes my connection with God came to youth group because I had some friends who had already been going for quite some time, and after my first time, I wanted to come back. On the first day that the incoming freshmen joined the high school youth group, Luke asked us what topics we wanted to talk about. And it's been great to be able to discuss topics that I have questions about and that we have previously chosen. Youth group usually starts with a game. Amanda, Bibbs, and Luke usually come up with something fun, and after that, we usually jump right into a lesson. Some days we'll watch a video and then discuss, and then we usually talk for about an hour and a half. Sometimes we get so deep in discussion, it might go two hours or even further than that. But it never really feels like we've been talking for that long. In a smaller group, you make stronger, more personal connections, and that's a really important aspect of our lives. It makes it easier to talk, easier to, talk to people, and that's really important in youth groups. Um, my experience with youth group has really changed my relationship with Jesus. I've started to see my life in a different way. Uh, the way I live my life needs to be influenced by God. My relationships with God should not be altered by the way I live my life. And to wrap it up, I just think youth group is a great way to stay in touch with God, remind us of how we should, and have a good time. Thank you. Our church family has had an amazing legacy of investing in our students and children. 
We are so thankful for your ongoing support. We hope that this morning gives you a glimpse into the way that God is multiplying your generosity in order to bring people into His family. With that being said, now is the time that we get to worship God through giving. Whether you give online or send your offerings through the mail, we invite you now to offer thanks and praise to Him as the one who has provided everything that we need.
First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10 through 16. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. As we impart this in words, not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Praise be to God. My name's Megan. I'm a rising sophomore at PG. And when I first met the Lord, I wasn't expecting this overwhelming love and comfort to come over me, but it did. I met and loved the Lord at a time that I didn't know I would need Him. He tiptoed His way into my life when He knew I would need Him the most. I was invited to the youth group and decided to go. I didn't go with the open mind of, oh, I'm gonna meet the Lord. I was thinking, I'm only going because someone invited me. I'm glad I went to that youth group because it was an opportunity God saw for me. He knew that I was going to go through a hard time, which I did, but he got me through it every step of the way. It was crazy how a person I never met before can show me so much compassion and love. He gave me this sense of safety that I still feel to this day and from that night. After many nights of youth group, I kept seeing God more and more, but I was so blind. God was in my life this whole time. When I decided to give my life to the Lord, I was at Hume Lake during the night chapel. The pastor that was preaching spoke the word of Christ and only used God's word when preaching. He started talking about how Jesus gave his life for us, and I thought to myself, how could someone I never met before give his life for me and die for my sins. I thought that it I thought that it was unbelievable and amazing. And in that moment I knew I was going to give my life to the Lord because his one and only son gave up his life for me and my sins. It was the first time that God's word made an impact on me that I felt and understood. Ever since I've met God, I feel peace. I see more good and I see more things to be grateful for. When I look around outside, whether it's looking at the ocean or even a tree, I see the amazing good He brings to this world. He's created such beautiful things. He's the one person I can always lean on and gets me through anything. He doesn't judge, and He taught me not to judge, but to give people more love and give Him His love through me. Thank you. Hi, my name is Josie, and I just finished my sophomore year at Carmel High. Hi, my name is Chase, and I'm a graduated senior from Carmel High. We both got the amazing opportunity to attend all of the trips this year at CPC did. In this video, you'll see some of the trips we attended. 
One of my favorite opportunities was going to Mexico. Chase and I both got to give our testimonies in front of a church that we visited, which was a great way to solidify our faith and assure that not everyone's all that different. And on top of that, we got to see the grandfathers who ha whose house we helped build give his life to Christ at the end of the trip. Another amazing thing we got to do this year was go on Hume Lake. Me, uh, some of my friends I got to watch give their lives to Christ for the first time, which was an amazing opportunity that definitely never gets old. One of my favorite activities at Hume Lake is playing broom hockey with all my friends, which is just a version of hockey with brooms. <laughs> Enjoy this video on student ministries.
Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 through 16. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for a work of ministry, for for building the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning and by craftiness in deceitful schemes, Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way from him who is the head into Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Praise be to God. morning. My name is Nathan Wood, and I'm an incoming senior at Pacific Grove High School. A little bit about myself. I'm a baseball and football player. I have two wonderful parents. My mother, Therese, who is a former director of safety at Carmel Unified School District and Pacific Grove Unified School District, and my father, Woody, a retired naval aviator for 20 years and currently on the faculty at the Naval Postgraduate School in Monterey. I have two older brothers, both of which are out of college doing whatever adults do. Uh, I find having older siblings funny because when I was younger, like five, six, seven years old, and they were older, 16, 17, 18 years old, I would always look up to them and say, wow, these guys are so big and strong and awesome. And now that I'm older, I get a whole new perspective of looking at them saying, wow, these guys are really short. But in all seriousness, my family has been coming to, uh, to CPC for 20 plus years. My father actually came here 57 years ago when he was in first and second grade. And with that, I grew up in the church. I was baptized here. And as a toddler and in elementary school, I was probably like most children, where my parents had to drag me by the ear to attend and say something along the lines of, it's good for you, or you need some Jesus in your life. And I would say to myself, I don't know who this Jesus guy is, but I know I get donuts afterwards, so... I guess I'll go. And that's how my attitude towards religion and church in general was throughout elementary school and up until about seventh grade. But in seventh grade, my life kind of took a turn. Three of my four grandparents died within a year of each other. And before that, I had never really had to deal with death before. I had a dog that died when I was two, but I was two, so I didn't really understand what was going on or remember the dog. So this was big for me. And then it got a little bigger. Within that same year, my brother's best friend, Andrew, who was at the house every day since the day I'd been born, was killed in a car accident. That one hurt a little bit more. He was like my older brother. And with my grandparents, their health was declining, and they were getting up there in age, so I was a little bit more prepared. But with Andrew, I wasn't. And that was really hard. These were the first people that I had a real relationship with that had passed away. And I didn't know what to do. And here comes my summer going into eighth grade. I was told that the middle school youth group was going on a fall retreat to Mount Hermon, and I was intrigued. I had built a couple of relationships with some of the people at the youth group, and they were going, so why not? Why wouldn't I go? 
I had no intentions of getting closer with God or anything of that sort. And at that point, I was still going to church for the donuts. So fall comes around and off I went. And it was spectacular. Not only did I grow closer with every single person in that dude's cabin, I was able to have a real connection with God. I came to a realization that at the very least, God was someone to talk to. I never really had someone like that to talk about what had happened in the past year. And don't get me wrong, my parents didn't neglect me, but they were busy dealing with stuff like my brother, who had just lost a best friend of 22 years, and with each other, who had just lost their own parents. With all this craziness, God was there for me. On that Mount Hermon trip, I realized that God was there for me. So fast forward to sophomore year, the 2018-2019 school year, one of my closest friend's fathers, someone who I look up, looked up to, someone who I'd been a, a student of theirs, killed himself in front of my friend. One of the hardest things I'd ever done was walking through my friend's house the day after it happened, going into the garage and seeing a chunk of the carpet that had been cut out, knowing exactly that's, that's where it happened. In that moment, I went outside to my car and I sat there and I just knew that my friend would eventually need someone to talk to. We were with him nonstop for about a week, us and my, uh, me and my friend group, until he was ready to go back to school. During all this, I found myself having conversations with God on what to do and how to, st- uh, how to help. And a year goes by and ev- eventually everyone is adjusted to this new normal that had been created. And earlier this year, I was able to convince him to come and hang out with one of us. I was able to come and convince him to hang out with us at one of our high school youth groups on a Wednesday night, which was awesome. We were able to hang out, talk about God for the first time since it all happened, and offer Jesus as an option for him. As Luke asked me to write my testimony, I was given the task to look back and acknowledge the moments of Jesus entering my life. And now I've realized I've made a full 180 on how I look at life. I've let God into my life and turned him and the Bible into the places I go first when I need answers. Whether that be praying, having a conversation, or even thinking like those what would Jesus do bracelets. Lucas taught us at youth group and even in more depth with our small group to try to look at life through the Christian lens and have that approach with everything you do in life. And going into my senior year, I find myself asking God for guidance on college. I'm lucky enough to have the opportunity to play baseball in college, and I realize that I need God there to help me in life. Looking back, I don't know how or when, but over time I have allowed Jesus to enter my life and change who I am for the better. Thank you. Good morning, my name is Bibiana Silva. Some of you may know me as Bibs or Intern Bibs. The last time I was in Student Ministry Sunday, I also shared my testimony. It was the summer after I had graduated from Carmel High and had recently found Christ. That year I went to Hume Lake Winter Camp as a student with my friends where I declared Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Then I attended Hume Lake again, but that time as a leader with the middle school students and houseboats after that. The testimony I shared in 2018 is a little different than the one I'm sharing today. I actually had that file up while I was writing this, and I was just in awe of what Jesus has done and is doing in my life. 
At that time, I remember briefly talking to Luke about being interested in being a future summer intern. I had experienced a little of what it was like when I went to camp as a leader with the other interns, and I wanted to be part of that. Literally the last sentence of the testimony I shared with you all, I, it was me telling Luke that I was ready to be a summer intern. However, that fall, Amanda called me to see if I'd be interested in being a year-long intern, but made sure to say that there was not an actual position yet. I said yes without hesitation because, honestly, it was a fun and new opportunity. Looking back, Jesus was already working in my heart to prepare me for a future that I didn't think possible. I certainly could not have imagined where God would lead me. Originally, my plan was to be a nurse. A nursing career is what I had been set on for the longest time. It was basically the only career path I had thought of. I had seen my siblings pick a career and stick with it. My plan had served me well at MPC for about the first year. I was already three semesters deep doing prerequisites for MPC's nursing program and was so happy I was almost done. However, while I was taking all those courses, I wasn't seeking to better my resume when the time would come to actually apply to a nursing program. I found myself wanting to spend more and more time at the church and in my internship rather than doing the extra things to prepare for nursing. I started to feel that nursing wasn't for me and that God was calling me elsewhere. But I kept fighting that feeling and not letting Jesus into that specific part of my life. That internal battle was constant for a while. I mean, nursing was the only thing I had ever seen myself doing, and anything outside of that was impractical for me. But as I kept up my classes in nursing, I was becoming more and more invested in the role as being an intern and learning what ministry was really about. And it is not all coffee and errands, although there is a bit of that. Two of the many reasons I loved my internship is because, one, camps, and two, developing relationships. I love camp because not only do I get to see students give their life to Christ, but there's also this thing called cabin time. Cabin time is at the end of the day, right before bedtime, where we share about our day. It is a safe space to talk about hardships and doubts. It is also where we reflect on the faithfulness of God and understand what it means to follow Jesus. Through those conversations, we begin to be vulnerable and more comfortable with, what, with one another. It creates an opportunity to continue and develop a relationship with one, an, one another outside of camp. Through cabin time, I developed a relationship with one of the girls in my cabin that continued to grow outside of that. We would meet one-on-one -on -one and talk about Jesus after school at a coffee shop. I started to see how important those kinds of relationships are in order to share Jesus. She would ask a lot of questions and express her doubts about who Jesus is. Sometimes I felt like I was walking blindly, but through her questions and our discussions, I found myself becoming more certain in my faith, and I prayed that the same was happening for her. I learned that relationships and discipleship are vital to growing in our faith. A watershed moment for me happened in February when I attended the Eco-National Gathering with a few staff members. It was here that the Lord made me finally come to terms with where he was calling me. 
During the conference, these two phrases from two keynote speakers really stood out to me. Be in real estate if God is calling you there, but don't be in real estate and have the Lord calling you somewhere else. What the speaker was getting at was, do what God has called you to do, whatever that might be. For some, that is in real estate or banking or being a teacher or being a pastor. But don't stay in something because it is comfortable or all you know. I began to ask myself, was Lord actually calling me into nursing? Or was he calling me elsewhere and I was too scared to listen and obey? The other phrase that stood out to me at the conference was, God uses our availability, not our ability. When I heard that, I meditated on it for the rest of the day, and it's still something I like to remind myself of. I kept doubting my abilities of working in ministry because I didn't feel qualified for it. I didn't grow up in the church, I didn't know a lot of the Bible stories, and I thought I was too new to Christianity. But those doubts meant nothing. Jesus doesn't need me to be skilled in order to be used in ministry. As long as I'm willing and available to be where God wants me, then there's no telling what he can do. Once I came to terms with that and stopped putting so much pressure on myself, I felt relaxed and excited to follow Jesus where he was calling me. Because I'm not the one doing anything, and I love that. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's handiwork and created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We can rest in the fact that God has it all prepared for us. We are simply his tools for the good works to be done. We alone aren't enough. We need Christ in us for those good works. But knowing that he has us in his hands and we were perfectly made for what he has in store for us is comforting. I truly find so much peace in that because he doesn't need us. We don't need to perform. It's all Jesus. Any good works in us is always because of Jesus. So here I stand with a completely new path ahead of me because Jesus kept working in my heart and through those around me. Up until five months ago, I thought I was going to get a degree in nursing. I am now pursuing a degree in vocational ministry with a focus on youth and family ministries. It has been such a wild ride, and thank you, Carmel Press, for investing in my development. I can't wait to see what else God has in store for me. Thank you. Hi, I'm Kat Scatini, a soon-to-be senior at Carmel High School. Thank you all for listening today. The CPC family was saddened on Wednesday to hear of the sudden passing of Dick Nystrom. Dick had been an important part of the CPC community for many, many years. He served on the session, various committees, led a men's Bible study on Tuesday mornings, and was active on, this, on Saturday morning's men group. He will be missed by all. Now, if you would please bow your heads with me in prayer. We pray this morning for the Nystrom family and the sudden passing this week of Dick Nystrom. May they be comforted in knowing that he, woke, that he woke up on Wednesday morning to see your face, Lord Jesus. Dear Lord, during this time of uncertainty in our community, as we and many others are scared and need your love and unwavering support more than ever. God, I pray that you place your hands on each and every one of us. 
Heal our hearts and fill them with compassion as we need it the most. Remind us that through all the trials and tribulations we face, you are constant within all of us, that your grace is upon our community. Help guide the students and teachers in our community as we try to navigate through the COVID time going back to school. Be with our missionaries and keep them safe and faithful in their goals. I pray that during this time when it is so easy to focus on the bad going on in the world, that your love still shines through and that we continue to find joy in our lives with each other and in doing so, we glorify your name. Amen. Thank you for praying for us, Kat. As we move into the end of our service, we want to invite you into something special that our high school group does. It is tradition at the end of youth group to set aside time to let the Holy Spirit minister to us. You can do this however you please. So, as we sing this last song that declares our shared faith, we are praying that Jesus will reveal himself to you in real and powerful ways.
Today is important for two reasons. First, you probably noticed uh, this is Student Ministry Sunday. But today we're also celebrating Confirmation Sunday. What exactly is Confirmation? Well, at our church, the foundational verse for our Confirmation program is found in 1 Peter 3.15, which says, But in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Be prepared to give an answer for the reason for the hope that you have. Our confirmation program is intended to supply students with answers so that they might have an assurance of their own personal faith in Christ. This is no longer their parents' faith they are claiming Jesus for themselves. How do we do confirmation here at Carmel Presbyterian Church? Well, each student is paired up with an adult covenant partner from our church. The two of them are required to meet for at least 10 times an hour apiece, and they dive into a book called Presbyterian Beliefs, as well as the book of Philippians. On top of all those meetings, they have to go to a covenant partner class. They also have to write down a testimony and share that with our elders. And then finally, they need to memorize the Apostles' Creed. It's a lot of hard work, but we think it's worth it. And what's amazing about this year is that COVID-19 interrupted this whole thing and these 12 students and their mentors kept on laboring. And so we wanna make sure to celebrate them and we want to praise Jesus for the work in their lives. And I want to personally thank the mentors who stepped up and kept working with these students and building into those relationships. It's invaluable work that you've been doing, and we're so thankful for what you've done. And so without further ado, you'll see the names and pictures of our 2020 Conferman class. Audrey Glazer, whose mentor was Marilyn Slentz, Izzy Brooker, mentored by Liz Hume, Kat Scatini, mentored by Erica Strutner, Josie Steiny, mentored by Colleen Yard, Megan Murray, 
mentored by Janet Ichinose, Sadie Cavanaugh, mentored by Amanda De La Vega Tovar, Anna Croker, mentored by Abby Warburg, Ashley Davidson, mentored by April Hess, Dylan Cohen, mentored by Luke Barnes, Grant Galloway, mentored by Jim Arola, Montana Wells, mentored by Scott Hume, and Trevor Brinton, mentored by Josh Warburg. Of these 12 confirmands, eight of them have already been baptized. Those eight individuals will be anointed with oil following the services this morning. Four have never been baptized, Megan Murray, Montana Wells, Dylan Cohen, and Trevor Brinton. Those four will have the privilege of being baptized on the patio following this service. And don't worry, we're going to videotape it and we'll show a highlight video for you next week during both services so that you can join in on this powerful occasion in the life of our church and our young people. Finally, I just wanna show you this year's confirmation gift. I thought it was fitting. I thought you all would enjoy this. Of course, we got face masks for all 12 of our confirmands. But if you can see this, they're embroidered with this brand, He is Greater Than I. And this brand is based on John, John the Baptist's profession that Jesus must increase and we must decrease. Hence, he is greater than I. He is king. He is Lord. And we strive to lay down our lives at the foot of the cross. In a few moments, Jackson will come up and give a benediction. But before he does, I want to draw your attention to the questions that will ask the confirmands on the patio. And after those questions, I actually have a question for you to answer at home. These are the questions we'll ask. Do you believe in God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit as revealed in the Holy Scriptures? Do you reject evil and the devil? Do you trust in and rely upon Jesus Christ and his suffering on the cross alone for the forgiveness of your sins? Who is your Lord and Savior? And finally, will you be a follower of Jesus Christ? And now I have a question for you. Do you? The Church of Jesus Christ promise to tell these teenagers the good news of the gospel and will you help to nurture them to be disciples of Jesus? I hope you answered yes at home. And we'll finish this segment since we required our confirmands to memorize the Apostles' Creed. I thought it fitting that we would profess that creed together. You'll find the words on your screens this morning. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. 
I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us this morning and letting us lead you in worship. Now we would like to end it with the words on the screen. All our problems we send to the cross of Christ. All our difficulties we send to the cross of Christ. All the devil's works we send to the cross of Christ. And all our hopes we set on the risen Christ. Go in peace. Amen. <laughs>